We are going to be in Proverbs 11 this morning. There is an outline in the bulletin you can follow along. Someone help me remember in a little bit about some announcements. But we're going to look at uh, the word first. In Proverbs 11, beginning in verse 28 is where we will be. Um, but first, a question. Um, either as an adult or, or certainly as a, hopefully as a child, have you ever been on a swing before? If you didn't raise your hand, I'm sorry. That's when you're little. That I can remember when I was four. We lived in Lubbock, and there was a park pretty close to our house. And I think the swing was about 40 feet tall. Pretty sure that's how tall it was, probably, or maybe you know eight. I don't know, but it seemed like it was 40 feet tall. My brother and I would go over there, and, and there was that I don't know soft pine bark stuff. And we'd swing as high as we could. And I'm sure we were 20 or 30 feet in the air. And then we'd let go. You know, we'd get to the end and you'd let go and you'd fly out, right? And you'd land. I'm sure you, I'm sure we were 20 or 30 feet in the air or two or three at the most. But, you know, the wind in your hair, right? This, this idea of swing. Or maybe some of you have been on a bigger swing like at Snowbird, the three-man swing, right? And you really know what it feels like to have the wind in your hair and, and that, that feeling of, Dying or, <laughs> or or depending upon your personality, great joy and excitement and, and the thrill <laughs> or dying. <laughs> and, and why do we get on those swings? Even some of us like me who don't really like heights, uh, we look at that and, and we go, okay, I, I could do that and I've done things like that before. And while I didn't go up and in, inspect the rope, and some of you may know enough about physics to know that, that a rope that is weighted to a certain amount can hold weight, but if you, if you start swinging that rope, right, you've, you've added a whole lot more weight than just the person, right? Um, physics involved in that, and if you tie a knot in that rope, that reduces its strength, and if you do lots of other things, whatever that rope or that chain was weighted on suddenly becomes less, and, and I... I never go and inspect those things. I never look at the instruction labels, but, but how do we know? Because well, we see other people doing it and not dying, so we go, okay, it must be okay. Right? We, we see what seems to be safety, and we go, okay, I'll, I'll put my trust in that. Right? And most of the time, we, in, we enjoy that. And every once in a while, you hear these horror stories about something breaking, but it never happens you know, to me and you. I see people who do that. I think, okay, I'll do that too. And we don't read the instruction labels very much. Um, wealth is sort of like that. Money is like that. We look around and we, we, we think that it's trustworthy and we then put our trust in it. Um, but wealth, like any rope or chain, has a, a load limit. And in fact, there's instructions on our money that tells us what the load limit is, actually. Um, it says over here in the, in the corner, it says, um, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. So if I have a debt, this is good for that. So if I go into the store and I pick up a box of uh, pasta, right, then I'm in debt to that store because I've taken something that belonged to them and I can use this to relieve that debt. 
So it tells me what it's for. It's for relieving debts, whether that's the grocery store or the gas station or the restaurant or get a bill. Right? This is for relieving debt. But it seems like it can do a whole lot more. It seems like it does a whole lot more. It seems like it can satisfy my hunger because I associate going to the store with this, right? I can, I can go down to Subway after church and I can give them this and they will give me food and I won't be hungry anymore. It seems like this satisfies hunger. It seems like this can provide transportation. I can go down here and I can take that little thing out and put it in my car and then I can go give them this and they'll let me drive away and not call the police. Right? And I can, I can drive and it provides transportation. Right? It seems like that, that it can keep me comfortable. I can buy extra layers for winters in North Carolina and I can buy shorts for the summer and I can pay the heating bill, the cooling bill. It seems like it provides comfort for me. I can go around the corner up here and, and give this to someone and I can be entertained for a couple of hours. It seems like this provides entertainment for me. I give them this and they, they tell me they'll entertain me. Um, I can go to college and have to give them a lot more than this, but it seems like it provides knowledge and wisdom. Right? Pay a tuition bill and they'll teach me something. Or I can go online and, and buy a book, something I want to learn about. seems like it does that. It seems like it can, it can ease uh, illness or physical harm. I can go to Walmart and buy a Band-Aid. I can pay a doctor's bill. It seems like it does all those things. And so because it seems like it does all things, and I, and I see it doing that for the people, it's like that swing I want to put my trust in. I'm willing to, to attach value to this. I'm willing to work hard for this because it seems like it meets all of my needs. And I know no one in here would, would ever do this, but it also, I look around the world and it seems like this also can provide power. This can provide prestige. This can put me in a certain position in life. It seems like it does that. And all those other things as well. And so, um, we've learned to trust it. The problem is it doesn't promise any of those things. It, it doesn't promise me that I'll have a good meal. It doesn't promise me that, that I'll enjoy the trip that I take from here to there. It doesn't promise me that if I go in the corner that I'll actually be entertained. It doesn't promise me that, that I'll get well. It doesn't do any of those things. It's not what it's made for. It's made for just relieving debt. In fact, there's a warning label on this that tells us to be careful. It's interesting, actually. We put so much trust in this and on the back in... In bold letters, in all caps, it says, In God we trust. There's this warning. Don't trust this. <laughs> but we do it anyway because it seems safe. It feels safe. It feels like I need this to be... You can fill in the blank. Satisfied. I need this to be happy. I need this to be successful. I need this to be well thought of. And then there's this warning. In God we trust. 
it tells us not to trust it. Right? But we do it anyway. In Proverbs 11:28, we read these words. He who trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. He who trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like the green leaf. The, the weight of the world, like a rope that's maybe weighted for a certain load and then you put that load on it and you begin to swing it, it'll break. If we put the weight of the world or the weight of our souls on this, it's not going to hold us up. Why? If it seems like it's going to, why doesn't it? I think there are three reasons why it doesn't do that. First, this is not permanent. This can burn. I can lose it. Someone may steal it. There's this little insidious thing called inflation that sneaks up sometimes slowly. And this becomes unpermanent. For example, if I go to the store here, this buys about half what it would have bought three years ago in Dallas, Texas. That's, a, that's a, an indication of three years passing, but also just where we live. You can go to a different place and the value of this changes, sometimes dramatically. It's not permanent. We may have investments that um, seem safe. Right? We, we see on TV, they say, you know, if you invest in us, then, then we'll provide you peace of mind. Well, and until the economy goes south and then your peace of mind, you can just watch it go down and down and down, right? This isn't permanent. It doesn't last. And it doesn't ever make any promises to us. And so we think, well, what, what can I put my trust in? Well, I need something permanent, right? There is only one thing that's permanent. Only one person that's permanent. Our Savior Jesus, who was with God in the beginning, we read in Revelation, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is permanent. He's worthy of our trust. We can't lose Him. He can't be stolen. He's not fickle, so that when the economy goes up and down, he goes up and down. If I, if I move from North Carolina to Texas, or Texas to North Carolina, or another part of the world, his value doesn't change. And so, do we heed the warning of that bill, and do we trust in God, or do we say, ah, well, this is sure tangible. I have a hard time feeling, touching, seeing God I can feel and touch and see this and I can trade it in for things that seem to make me happy. But that's not permanent. God is. 
That's why He came. So that we would, we would see and we would know and we would trust Him. The second reason that we can't trust that, it, it doesn't solve the deeper issues of life. This doesn't solve the deeper issues of life. It may pay lots and lots of medical bills, but sometimes the medical bills aren't the real issue. Sometimes we, we get sick or we get injured and we, we begin to realize, oh, I'm mortal. <laughs> we stare death in the face. And we begin to wonder, what's next? Or, or there's a chronic illness that, that we know is just not going to go away. And no matter if I've got all the money in the world to pay all the doctors I want to pay, if I'm living with pain or frustration or the inability to do something, money can't solve that problem. I might have all the money in the world to send my five or six kids to the best college in the land and never have to worry about tuition or room and board or books. But money can't solve the relationship issues that have gone on for 18 years that you're fixing to send off and, and you wonder, did I do it right? Did I mess up somewhere along the way? Money can't restore a relationship that we've damaged over the course of 18 years. Money can't help you and your spouse figure out what to do with each other because you've overly invested in your kids and you've forgotten about each other for the last 18 years, money can't solve that problem. There are deeper issues of life that this doesn't do anything about, can't do anything about, doesn't promise to do anything about. And if we put our trust in this, if I just had more of this, everything will be okay, that's just simply not true. There is one who does care about the deeper issues of life and can solve the deeper issues of life. Where, where that is deaf to our cries of peace in our soul, Jesus comes and says, I'm the Prince of Peace. If you trust in me, you can have peace. That money, wealth is, is blind to our fears. Jesus comes and, and says, fear not, I'm with you. He promises us resurrection and hope, not only in this life, but in the life to come. That's callous to a, a troubled and anxious and stirred up heart. doesn't care. Christ comes and, and offers Himself for the sin-ravaged soul that we possess. says, I can change you. I can make you new. That's how Paul learned the secret of contentment. He says, whether I'm rich or poor, whether I have a lot or a little, I'm, I'm content. Read through Philippians, we learn why he's content, because he rejoiced in the Lord. He trusted in Him. He said, to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. 
He knew that that was not permanent. He knew that couldn't solve the real issues of life, but he knew there was one who could. The third reason we shouldn't put our trust in wealth is um, it tries to steal our affections. It tries to steal our trust from one who is trustworthy. Even though there's a, a warning label on the back of this, the truth is it, it, it acts and it tempts us and it desires for us to put our trust in it. And whenever someone is trying to deceive you, you really shouldn't trust that person. And yet money tries to deceive us because it seems like it does so much. It really does. It seems like it does all that we need it to do. Especially in our economy, which is a consumer economy. We don't live, we're not subsistence farmers for the most part here. We're a consumer economy, and so that means if we need something, we go and, and buy it. And if you're really wealthy, a want is just a prepossession. Right? It's just a matter of time and a, a phone call or a click of the mouse or sending someone after it. Our real need is abiding in Christ. That's our real need. And that can't do that for us. It just doesn't happen. The second half of that verse is the righteous will flourish like a, a green leaf. Well, who are the righteous? In the book of Proverbs, there are, it's mentioned a, about a dozen times. The righteous are the ones that, that fall and, and get up. Why do they get up? Because there's someone to help them up. They're bold as a lion. Why? Because they, they know what's behind them. They're protected by God. They're on a solid foundation, which is God. They're well-rooted in the soil of of the revelation of God, the Scriptures. They're never removed because God has them in His hands and they're blessed by God. The righteous, the one that flourish, the ones that don't fall, but the ones that flourish are the ones who put their trust in God. They, they say, you know what? Money's going to come and go, but my real trust, my real dependence is on God. I want to look at just one more verse and, and just kind of show you another metaphor besides a rope. If you'll turn over to Proverbs 18 for a moment. 10 and 11. And Phil, you can put that verse up. It's up here, but you can also look in there because I want to show you just what Solomon's doing and, and the parallels that he's making and really the, the powerful point that he's making by the phrases that he uses. Verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city like a high wall in his own imagination. So we have um, the first comparison, the name of the Lord and the wealth of the rich. Same construction in Hebrew. And so we say, okay, so he's comparing these two things. The name of the Lord, his character, his reputation, who he is. He's comparing that to the wealth of the rich. Okay? And then he makes a comparison of, of what they are. Uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The wealth of the rich is a strong city. And at first I would say, oh, well, I'd rather have a strong city than a strong tower. That city's bigger. 
right? You can put a whole army in a city. A tower is just, you know, a few people. And it sort of appears like this is the better deal at first. I think Psalm does that on purpose. But there's some other comparisons. Um, that word safe is, is literally the word high, just a, a metaphor. If you're, if you're high up, you're safe. If you're in the rocks, if you're somewhere inaccessible, that you're safe. And so we've got uh, the righteous are high or safe, and we've got a, a high wall. So the city has a high wall. You think, this is even better. This is good, right? But then the other wording he uses, the righteous is high. The righteous is safe. Right? If, if I go into this strong tower, the character reputation of God, if I put my trust there, if I run there for safety, I actually am safe. But that strong city is like and that word's in the text. It, it's like a high wall. It's, it's not a high wall, but it's like that. And it's just in his imagination. Riches are this imaginary city that I've built, constructed for myself with a high wall. And in my own mind, I probably have guards walking on it. If you've seen Lord of the Rings, it's like the Black Gate of Mordor, right? Nobody can get in that. And some of us take this and say... This will protect me, just like the Black Gate of Mordor will protect whoever's inside. And Solomon says, that's your imagination. <laughs> it's not what this is for. It's not what it does. It's not where we should put our trust. I think there's one more, Bill. The righteous person actually is safe. Why is he safe? Because... We trust in God. That's why He's righteous to begin with, right? We don't get righteousness on our own. It all comes from God. We trust in Him. We actually are safe. The rich person is hiding behind an imaginary wall. So what do we do? How do we avoid the trap of this? Well, we could, every time we take it out, we could read the back, in God we trust. Okay, in God we trust. I'm going to pay for this, but I'm trusting in God, right? We could do that probably helpful they might people might look at us funny every time we take it out hold on a second i need to read this have you read this you could tell the clerk have you read this <laughs> jesus gave us an example in the sermon on the mount when you pray pray like this our father in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread one of the best things that you can do to avoid trusting in this is to ask God on a daily basis to provide you what you need. Yeah, I may use this to get it, but are you reminding yourself daily by really beginning the day asking, God, you know what I need today, not just what I want. But will you begin each day asking God to provide what you need, your daily bread? One of the best ways to overcome the temptation of thinking that we can put our trust in that is to exercise trust. In Romans 4, when, when Paul was talking about Abraham and how his faith increased and how he was able to have faith, it was when he worshipped God and when he exercised faith, his faith increased. The best way to increase our faith and our trust in God is to exercise that by asking Him 
on a daily basis, God, provide what we need today. A second thing is to be thankful on a daily basis. I know there are several of you that, that keep in here a, a, a thankful journal. You write down on a daily basis things that you're thankful for. It's a great way just to remember that God is the one who provides. Even if you use something like this to go and get something that you really needed, would you thank Him for providing what you needed? Because ultimately it all comes from Him. He gives us the wisdom to have a job to make this. He gives us the job in the first place if it's there. He's the one that provides what we need. So are we asking Him and are we thanking Him on a daily basis? Because that wants to steal your trust. It's a real thin piece of rope with a, a wooden board on it that's up in a tree and it looks fun. It looks like, and you've seen other people do it. And it looked like they didn't crash and burn. But it's, it's dangerous. Because when we put our trust in that, it, it will let us down and we will fall. It's not permanent. It doesn't meet the deepest need of our life. And ultimately, it tries to deceive us into trusting in it instead of God. My challenge to you is, is trust in Christ. Give Him your life whether it's dealing with money or anything else, He's the only one, the only thing that can support anything that we have need of. He's the only one. Next week we're going to look at another thing that money can't support. And then the week after that, I thought we'd do it all today, but you start writing things out and think there's no way we'll talk about all that. And then the week after that, we'll talk about actually what money really is good for. The Proverbs have some very positive things to say about money. And we'll talk about what it really is good for and how it's useful to believers and how we can honor God with that. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for today and for Your abundant blessings. And we do ask that You would provide what we need. We trust in You to give us what we need. Help us not to confuse our wants and our needs. Help us to to realize that you indeed are all that we need. And we thank you for providing what we have. We thank you for giving us life, your Holy Spirit, salvation, the promise of joy not only in this life but in the life to come. Help us through the power of your Spirit to trust you when we're tempted to trust in something else. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.